I'm sorry, say that one more time. I said you are so smart. Correct. And your hair looks really, really good today. Oh my gosh, we're recording. I didn't even know you was going to say that. Thank you. Red gutter haircut today. Get that short, short. Short haircut today. That's right. Did you get your haircut? No, not yet. Are you gonna? At some point. The witty banter continues. Yeah, I'm so smart. <laughs> um, I need to get my haircut. I just haven't done it yet. It's. You don't need. You do whatever you want. It's getting a little out there. You make a little more money, then your hair is the style. That's the rule. That's true. I just don't make that kind of money yet. I'm not a trendsetter yet, like you are. That's a confidence thing. Yeah, that's true. I'm only a trendsetter due to my inability to understand trends. <laughs> I'm, I like this. Wow, she really likes that. That must be the new thing. Yeah, where is it like it's normal? Yeah, you're just, I do what I want. So if you didn't know, we are a neurodivergent podcast. Yeah, episode and 13. Episode 13. Our uh, podcast is, well, okay, we're you're throwing me off my spiel. Oh, sorry. I didn't know this was, <laughs> didn't know it was scripted. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. No, you just you took me into eight other directions. Anyway, it is the your guess, if you can guess what neurodivergencies myself and Scoot are, because we are very different ones. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Okay, yeah, it is episode 13. Yes. You know what that means. No, I don't. Well, what does 13 mean to you? Um, I know it's good luck, and it also means bad luck. Sure, it's all about luck, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in luck. Hey. Because today's... I didn't mean to do that. Hey. <laughs> today's story is all about luck. Really? Yeah. You're in luck. Today's story is all about luck. Um, well, I'm very lucky. But, well, let's do our intro first. Hello, and welcome, okay. to, welcome to That Happened. That Happened. Where I read a neurodivergent without social skills tell Scoot a neurodivergent without time management skills strange <laughs> history that, that happened. Okay. We had some good that happened moments. Yeah, where we're actually like that in the episode. But that happened? That shouldn't happen. Heck yeah, that happened. Stop looking at your phone. So today's episode is all about luck, as I mentioned before. So let's take a baseline. Scoot, what are your thoughts about luck? My thoughts about luck is I believe in luck. Why? I think, I don't know. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Um, yeah, well, now I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I'm all, I don't The neurodivergent puzzle continues. Um, <laughs> I think it's like I think it like kind of comes and goes. Like you can use it up for a little while and then it has to kind of recharge or refill and then mm. you get more luck or you can have bad luck. I'm not superstitious though. But that's the same thing, isn't it? It is. I don't walk under ladders, though. So maybe a little stitious. Maybe I'm just a little stitious. Not super stitious. <laughs> just a little. What about you? I struggle with it. 
Remember when we met and you were like, karma exists. And I was like, karma does not exist. I have yet to see karma happen to anyone who deserves it. And you were like, no, it exists. Um, It might in terms of karma. I think karma is a little different. I've kind of changed my mind on karma. Right, because all our perspectives are different. Yeah. What we think someone else deserves may not be what they actually experienced and or deserve. It's true. But luck is more straightforward. Yeah, my feelings toward karma have changed since I said that. Really? Yeah. What, we should renew this. I should do a story on karma. You should. And then we can really get into that because I don't know what your new feelings are. No, I'm more towards yours. To know. What? They're more towards yours. What were mine? That you didn't really believe in it. If it exists, it's like so long term that it might be next life level yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know or like afterlife level i completely agree it, it's just it's not very instant people get away with shit all the time yeah us included we're not perfect we have gotten away with shit and as do others but i feel validated in what we've gotten away with you know so yeah no details please please, please. i know the fans are hounding <laughs> Uh, so look, I think what, I was not prepared for this question. What do you think? <laughs> do you believe um, in luck? Yes or no? No. No? Are you stitious? Yeah, oddly not. If there's a ladder, you're like, I can walk under that. And you have like no feeling of like, I shouldn't do this. Not only in that the ladder might fall on me and kill me okay, like that's say, like common sense like walking between two massive trucks that are a foot apart okay, you don't I, walk between them i hear you but i've got like at work they've got these really tall ladders and they're like they're rigid right they're rigid a-frames so they don't collapse they don't do anything and you can easily walk under them would you walk under them if i couldn't have another way around them i would have no problem walking under them but, okay, but it, it feels unsafe let's say yeah, we. I want you to just. It's totally fine. What's another thing? A it's, black cat crossing your path. Yeah. No worries. I don't really feel that about black cats. Um. I do feel it about ladders. What about um, opening umbrella indoors? Not bothered. I, that one bugs me. I think so I I'm not bothered, and it's like, I'm, the more woo woo. In mm-hmm. terms of spirituality and religion, than you are. Yeah. But I think because of that. I'm more confident in this stuff because I'm like, that'll be fine. That's fair. (laughs) You just. um, What about breaking a mirror? Not bothered. No? No. Wow, you're not even like a little suspicious. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, those are like the big ones that I know. You know, I love black cats. It's my dream to have one. Um, Ladders are dangerous. I don't know why you'd go (laughs) mess around with them. Yeah. so, yeah, I guess I'm not superstitious. I'm not really a believer of good luck, bad luck. I have found in my past that if, like, you're like, I have bad luck, then you start to have bad luck. Yeah. The moment you start to think it, it starts to happen. So, yeah. like, I do buy into that because it seems to fall in, whether your perception of it or the reality, whatever perception is reality. So, you know, there's a conundrum. But, um,. <laughs> so you think it's more just like a placebo? No, I I think it could be. 
like I'm not like oh it's a placebo I'm like it's something along the lines of this is what you notice or this is what you bring into your life through your attitude through your expectations okay um the world has a funny way of fulfilling your expectations so even if they're bad ones they're manifesting it yeah into the woo-woo I have bad luck yeah, you then you have it, it. Then you have bad luck. Absolutely. So if you said, I have good luck. Which you do. And I'm working and on I it. I think I do. Yeah, absolutely. And then it, it starts happening. Yeah. So today's story starts January 22nd, 1747 in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Wait, I have another question for you that's off topic. Oh, okay. Hit me. Hit me so with that. So when you're playing... RPG games where you have skill trees. Well, I don't know if you've ever played it. I know the Fallout series, they have a luck section. Mm, I've played games with a luck section. How many points are you putting into the luck section? One or two. Oh, okay. I will only put more because I find that the mechanics for those games, if you're willing to put it in, they really pay off in yeah. unexpected ways. And it adds an element of surprise to the game especially if you replay it you suddenly have totally different potentials which i find really exciting yeah so I, it's a very logical <laughs> very logical reason yes i completely agree i don't normally but i don't do want to fill it up because who cares that yeah. much i don't normally do it but when i go back and play a game i'm like let's see what this does and i throw a bunch of stuff into luck and i'm like this is so much fun yeah it adds that randomized element yeah okay thanks for going off time tangent it's a great question with, uh Scoot time. So we are in 1747. Wow. Massachusetts. We're in Malden, Massachusetts. So it's a small town, mostly farms and stuff. And a little baby boy, Timothy Dexter, is born. Dexter. Yes. We're going to call him Dexter from here on out. But his full name is Timothy Dexter. He is Irish. Um, His parents immigrated. Luck of the Irish. Yeah. uh, From Ireland. A century before in the 1600s, probably during the famine. They immigrated over a century before? Yeah, so his family had been there for 100 years. Wow. But they were still dirt poor. He grew up with nothing. But, I mean, so his family went over there 1640s. Well, they said a century. I didn't look at the exact. Okay, but... If how accurate that was, I hear you, but still, you know me, I don't. <laughs> it's probably in the 1600s at some point. That's like I agree. really early. It is for America, but the Irish retreated like a lower class just because they were Irish for right. a long time. Right. Um, as an Irish person, I'm not. I really don't have opinions on it because we are kind of chaotic, and well, in Irish genes, I'm not from Ireland, but we are kind of chaotic. Yeah. My Irish side comes out. So I get it. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. For luck of the Irish, it's not very lucky. It's bad luck of the Irish. Yeah, it kind of is. I think it all comes down to perspective and it's like, oh, look at it. We got something nice. We get nothing nice ever. How lucky. Wow. This is awesome. We're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's that perspective thing. Um, As I said, he grew up poor, had almost no education. At eight years old, he quit school. That's a good age. So that was the max of his education as eight years old. I, I don't think you need anything past eight. 
I mean, our kiddo is seven. To, yeah. She's about at the end of the year. She'll be eight. She can add. She, she can, can subtract, write. She can read. Horrible write. sentences. I don't know what else you want. Yeah. Not horrible, but incorrect sentences. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Sometimes writer. So. the letters are backwards, but you know what she's saying. Yeah, it's good enough. That's a good time. Send it. Go. She. This guy needs 20 years experience to get a job. So yeah, a good so age he became an indentured servant on a farm at eight years old. So that's like hard work. What do you do? You know anything about? I did not. I meant to I, go back and look up more. It's like a slave through money or something. Yeah, a lot of people like to draw the comparison. Um, indentured servants were like slaves. But it's not. It's, I <laughs> but, know. Okay, that's fair. It's not the same thing. Right. But essentially, like someone owns you until you can pay it off. You're in so much debt or something that you you can't go anywhere or do anything right. until you pay it off. But it's like they don't ever give you enough money to even get close to paying it off. And if right. you get close, they like add more debt. It's like yeah, it was a big problem. Doesn't make any sense. It was a, really close to company towns a couple yeah. of centuries later. So you're just kind of stuck there. Um, but he did that at eight years old, but he did get an apprenticeship at 14. So he pretty quickly got out of the indentured servitude and um, began to learn leather working. Okay. He did that until he was 20. And back then when you graduated, I guess, from your apprenticeship, they would give you an outfit. And they were oh. it was called your freedom suit. Oh my god. Ten points if you know what pop culture reference that it brought to mind. You got a piece of clothes for your freedom. Uh Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Doll Bay. Yeah. The yeah. elves. He got his freedom suit and he wow. was free. Piece off of to live his life. Dolby is free. Some people have noted that he did get a nicer freedom suit than most. So oh. they think that um, because he sold it for more than most people. He sold it? Well, we'll get to that. But they think that must have meant he was a good worker. Diligent, right. hardworking, etc. Lucky. 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 I mean. <laughs> His boss was like, oh, I got to give this nice one to someone. But like a big question in this story is... Is this guy, does he know what he's doing? Is he a hard worker? Okay. Oh, okay. So I want you to kind of be thinking about that. All right. Well, he started at eight years old. That's pretty good. Sounds like he's a hard worker so far. Hey, you know, what kid wants to work at eight years old? On a farm. That's ex I mean, literally from my grandparents throughout history and back, everyone did that. But yeah. I'm like, ooh, no. <laughs> That's what we want to do, though. Oh, yeah. We want to go have a farm. <laughs> I'm That's like, what I want to do. I want a garden. When can I get my garden? You're like, ew, farming, gross. Why don't we have a garden outside? <laughs> yeah, I am. You're right. Uh, <laughs> so 20 years, he's 20 years old. It's 1767. Do you know enough of your American history at this point to know what's coming? 1776 was... The Declaration of Independence signing. Right. So we are still a colony of Britain approaching the Revolutionary War. Okay. I always get confused. I always get confused. Same. Because I always think they signed the Constitution. No. The, the Constitution Declaration. And the Declaration of Independence are different. They are. 
I always think they signed the Declaration of Independence after they won the Revolutionary War. Mm. Like, like almost like a peace treaty. Like, we That's won fair. the war. It started the war now pretty much. Now we're declaring independence. Yeah, but it's like, we are signing this because we're no longer part of England, and now we're going to fight for it. It's, mm-hmm. So I always get it mixed up. That is really reasonable, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it is like the start and okay. not the end. So uh, he sold it for $8.20, which is a little bit of money. His suit, his freedom suit. He's bald. It's freedom suit. Well, he's not free now. <laughs> is he? What, is he a slave to capitalism? Is that where we're going? <laughs> no, no. I meant he didn't have his freedom suit. What's, how is he supposed to be free? He sold it <laughs> for $8. Now they're going to go, are you a free man? He armed himself with a bindle. A what bindle is, is the hobo stick with the little kerchief of supplies. Oh, like the classic. Yeah. yeah. I don't see how that is helpful in any way. Like if you're if if you're like I need, I don't have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and I need to figure out a way to move it comfortably. Well, your shoulders are stronger than your hands. Yeah, but wouldn't you? It's basic leverage. Tie physics. it around yourself or something. I don't understand why they yeah, didn't have backpacks. I, They're I so stupid. But it's like <laughs> why throw it on you, your back. You were talking about leverage. Why would you stick it four feet behind you and now have to dangle this stick on your shoulder? It's just a handkerchief. It's not that much. Maybe you could do um, an episode on that. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I think it does have to do with leverage. You can hold it lower at your hip and your arm can be resting. Yeah. And still gripping because this, the hooky hand is the strongest hand we have. The hooky? The like, grippy? You're, like you're hanging from a monkey bar. That's oh, the strongest grip we have because of our ancestry DNA. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you hold the stick like that and it's the easiest way. Yeah, maybe it's a weapon if you need to defend yourself also. Oh, there you go. Fuck around. You can sling it at somebody. And then he goes to Boston, the center of Boston. Back opens in Boston. his shop and starts making leather goods. Leather goods. Like what? So we got a little businessman. Making shoes? Um, Let me scroll down and find what he made. He made moose hide trousers. Ooh. Yeah, Some fancy good old, trousers. Good old moose. Gloves. What and then kind of gloves? Moose gloves? It did not specify. I guess that means that moose is nice, right? If you say moose trousers, gloves. Nobody cares what the gloves are made out of. But right. if they're saying moose is in these trousers, moose must have been like a nice leather or something. I, I did read also, and I didn't put this in the notes, but that his boss, while he was an apprentice, had yeah. perfected the Moroccan leather treatment. That all the rich people were, like, obsessed with. Really? And so they had, like, cornered the market on that certain kind of leather. So he probably made that, too. Yeah. Now that he's on his own. And then also just sold hides and blubbers from Wales. Blubbers. Blubbers. So he's making some clothes. (laughs) He's making some clothes. Uh, While he's opening his shop and starting his business, we have a lot of things happening in Boston. We talked about what year it was. We got taxation without representation imposed by the British. They're like, you owe us money, but you have no say in it. We have the Boston Tea Party happens yeah. in his city. And then we have the government closes the city ports. Okay. So, like, you've got that real sense of impending doom. Yeah. And this guy just keeps working, keeps saving up money. Also, he's busy meeting a girl. Ooh. 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 He found himself a lady named Elizabeth 
frothing ham frothing ham that name was so ridiculous that i'm like if i put that in one of my books people would be like what kind of name did you make why up? would you name that's such a that. stupid name yeah <laughs> no, it's a real name frothing ham, ham. it's like someone <laughs> looking around the room trying yes. to figure out a last name frothing uh ham frothing ham yeah anything with the ing ham on it spatting yeah. ham Cursing him. <laughs> Cursing him. I do what I want, Ingham. <laughs> I want that name. I love that. Uh, she is very frugal, a very busy woman who uh, is a brand new widow. Oh. Who married money. Her husband passed away. She has a lot of money, but she also goes door to door selling goods and doesn't spend anything. So she's just like hoarding this mass amount of money. She's hustling she, out here. She's trying yes. to. She's got that grind going. Yeah, she's like not not today. I've got the money. Yeah, she's nine years older than Dexter. Ooh. Has four kids and a really nice house. So Dexter Dexter's like, hey, you're good with money. Hey, yeah, I gotta lock this down. Mm. <laughs> I gotta yeah. lock this down. I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the older woman vibe. Got himself a sugar mama. Yeah, he married her. And he moves into her fancy mansion house in Boston. Hell yeah. He's like, it's my house now, and you are my property. Because that's how the laws used to work. Get out. (laughs) Not yet. Get out. (laughs) It's my house now. So in his new house in Boston, on the left we have... His new house. Yeah, honestly though. uh, He's got John Hancock, who is then the governor, as one neighbor. You know, the guy that signed... I know who it is. I was waiting for what... He's the neighbor. He's a neighbor. The neighbor on the other side is Thomas Russell, who's one of the richest men in all of the colonies at this time. Oh, my God. And this guy, remember, he was an indentured servant. Right. He's an apprentice. He's just a leather worker. He married In up. his 20s. He married up. Just moves into this house. And he's like, I'm here now. I'm uneducated. I went to school until I was eight. Right? Yeah. Uh, but he's like, I am amongst peers. Oh and this is where God. I belong. Why did this lady marry this guy? The luck. This is one of the many mysteries. The luck. Why, like, why? He must be really funny. Must be hilarious. That is a great thought. Must be hilarious. That is a great thought. Um, Maybe he's good with kids. I don't know what it is, but it, yeah. She's, her house, her neighbors are like big, important people. She's got a bunch of money. She's out here hustling, trying to make money. And for some reason, she marries this uneducated leather worker guy. Yeah, you'd think she'd nowhere. have other options. Maybe yeah. he was just young and virile. And she it said she was nine years older. Women hit their sexual peak in their early 30s. So maybe she was just really into that. I don't, I w- I'm definitely not speaking <laughs> from experience, but maybe it's that. Yeah, it could be. You never know. Men hit theirs in the early 20s, by the way. So, say farewell. <laughs> Bye-bye. 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 Same. Same. So, he's like, I am now part of the upper class. I've made it. Yeah. yeah. And that's like... He married into it. Everyone around him is like, no, you're not. No, you're not, dude. Get Fuck out. You. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Go back to making shoes. And they're so strict and they're like we do not accept you and they're so rude to him they're like everything you do we don't like you're uneducated you're ridiculous that it becomes his lifelong goal 
Of course. And now we begin the story. His lifelong goal is to be accepted by his peers. Of course. Yeah, we're the same. We're the same. We're the like, same. I don't know that much about John Hancock or Kurt Russell, whoever the other guy is. They're um, just super rich. Right, but the, I know part John of society. Hancock is super famous for his signature. Mm-hmm. He's right. a governor and a politician. But they're probably educated, smart. Yep. They probably work to get where they are. Raised in money. This guy just comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. moves into this lady's house, and it's like, this I'm is your equal. my house now. We are the same. Yeah. Like, who are you, dude? Yeah. Get, stop Get. talking to me. See, you're speaking from like a regular per- person's perspective. You can't break the hierarchy. But yeah, I yeah. have a theory that no one has proposed that this guy is oh. super autistic. <laughs> That's fair. We're the same. So yeah. There's we- no sense of hierarchy. He's like, yeah, I belong here as much as you do. I'm different, but who cares? Now, I want you to go on this journey with me and see if you buy that he might be super autistic. Okay. And AKA one of the most ridiculous forgotten figures in our history yeah i've never heard of him we're remembering him today that happened not yet okay (laughs) so he's like i need to fit in what can i do to fit in he looks at all his peers and he goes oh they're all like politicians they hold office and so even though he dropped out of school at eight he starts sending incessant petitions to the boston government just every day letters 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 misspelled horrible uh, punctuation all this stuff saying what can i do what can i be a part of i'd like to be in the government i want in i want, I want in. in i want in and finally um likely to get him to leave them alone yeah they do give him a job in the government as what a janitor he gets a post they created a post for him oh my god they made a job <laughs> for this guy and it is the post is entitled informer of deer what is that he tells the deer what's going on <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye. Deers we have and declared stags. war. <laughs> Goes out into Boston. the woods. Yeah. Just shouts about. <laughs> news, Comes I have no, Where are you going? I have news. <laughs> hey, babe. Man, this job, I'm crushing it. <laughs> I am absolutely crushing it. These deer are such good listeners. They show up every day. Yeah, they and do. And I get to inform them on what is happening. In they the government. give me so much respect. And yeah. It's only time before our neighbors do too. Me and John Hancock are exactly the like same. This. <laughs> we are like twins. You are welcome. He can't even talk to the deer. <laughs> Crying out loud. This guy thinks he's like the governor or whatever. So his job is to keep track of the fawn population in the local woods in town. He's got to keep track of how many there are. Wait, so wait. Wait, I can't hear you. Say it again. Wait. <laughs> That's his job. So his job really is with deer. Yes. Oh, Informer my God. of deer. <laughs> he has to go count the deer population. Oh, my God. Now that's even better. He's, now I just picture him running through the woods <laughs> chasing these deer. Wait, I need to tell you what happened today. Come back here. One, Nancy, two, stop, stop running moving. Away. Stop running. <laughs> he named them all. Yes. <laughs> Sally. George, you get back here. (laughs) Um, The issue is, if you look at the government data for the city at that time, they record that the deer had disappeared from the city 19 years previous. Oh, wow. They really set this guy up. We want you to go out there and flip all the rocks. Uh, Go look for the deer. Yeah, they're out there. Go look for them. (laughs) He's just wandering the woods. Deer, deer, deer. Deer, 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 deer. 
your dearie, dearie, dearie. Psst, psst, psst. What do psst, what psst. do deers speak? I don't know. We need, apparently you need antlers and you rattle them together during rutting season and then they come or something. There's some elk calls and stuff, but I don't think deer really make noises. Okay, so he goes out there with two antlers and he's just hitting each other. He's rattling them, yeah. And, and someone's just out on a walk. <laughs> la la la, what the? <laughs> he's yeah, just he like doesn't have a gun prowling through the bushes. It, this isn't hunting season. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I'm not shh, here shh, to shoot anything. Shh, yeah, <laughs> shut up. Oh, God, I've been out here for days. <laughs> I haven't seen a single deer. I'm supposed to be counting all of them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, meanwhile, as you know, it's 1775 at this point. Ooh. Revolution is upon us. Yeah. So the Congress, uh, leading up to the war, they issue their first federal or like colony-wide paper currency called the continental currency i'm gonna call it the cc because it's way too many syllables this is like the early dollar bill like the yes. dollars okay. it's just like a piece of paper but it, it functions like a dollar right it um Exchange they did give it in really strange like we have the quarter right the dime yeah. the nickel yeah. the 20 the 50 they gave it starting at one sixth of a dollar what yeah and then it went up it maxed out at 80 dollar bills <laughs> that's weird 80 dollar bills but i guess they're not 60 dollar bills 80 what where what that is so <laughs> that's weird what they meant. <laughs> I, I know that like inflation and stuff is different but why why one sixth it doesn't make sense inflation or not it's just fractions right yeah and they just did it really strangely how i didn't do, do I too much because this is just dollars but yeah. i thought that was interesting how much do i owe you you owe me uh two-thirds two two-thirds motherfucker yeah now five you go. six now you five go. six <laughs> i've got a whole bunch of sixths how do i get two-thirds now you gotta do all this math well you know they didn't this is before any country in the world had the decimal system Really? We didn't uh, start decimals when it came to money until after America started it with the actual U.S. dollar. Oh, my God. No way. Thanks to Thomas Jefferson. I had And he no was like idea. a huge proponent of the decimal system when it came to money. So before that, which is much later, it was all fractions. That's insane. Yeah. Why did we keep the fractions when it comes to measuring? I don't understand. Uh, so, this CC, the continental currency, had no value behind it. Oh, it did, was so it didn't because have gold backing? They it? had no money. They were just a bunch of colonists. Wow. Nothing behind it. So, they printed like 30 million of this CC. Right. And they were like, the value is promise of future taxes that we'll get eventually if we win the war. Yeah. So... I mean, if the it's, government gave you a dollar and said, maybe one day if we win a war, this might be worth something, how would you feel about it? I mean, I that is a loaded question for me because I don't understand economics enough. Okay, fair enough. Know, I'll just like, tell you. To know, like, I know that for some reason, if you print more money, the money means less. Right, because all the money you have in circulation represents a certain amount of gold we have stockpiled. Right, but that stopped a long time ago. In this era, it should represent that. Right. But that's what I mean. Today, 
a dollar's a dollar. There's no like I can. You don't turn have to the... worry about that for this story. Okay, but that's that's what I get confused about. I'm like, how Fair does enough. how does printing more money make it less? It should be the same, right? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me if we had gold, like in this time. That's how they did it in this time. Right. It's supposed to be. And so this they're like, dollar... we don't have gold, but trust us, this dollar has value. Yeah, but that, that's just us today. I, it doesn't I do make any sense to me. Hear you. It could be like us today. I don't know enough about today to validate yeah. it, but I'm like maybe. But anyway, everyone was like. No, this is bullshit. No one wanted the CC. Yeah, all the vendors were yeah. like, "We don't accept that." If I was, if I was and like, "I need something to be backed with gold," and they're like, "Here's a piece of paper. It's valuable." You're like, "With what?" I don't have anything to like. You can't exchange it for anything. Yeah, like, what this is like monopoly money. What yeah. the fuck am I gonna do with this? Yeah, it's like giving up monopoly money yeah. and saying one day I'll make money and you can sell it back to me this and I'll pay you money. Whole, I promise. Worth a whole lot of money when we win. Like you're not even a real government yet. What are you saying to me? This like, is a board I'm going to be the government one day. Yeah. What? So, you talk to deer. All right. The Stop local colony governments were like punishing vendors. If you don't accept it, we're going to like punish you. And the vendors were like, "Fuck you. We're not, we're going to do whatever we want." And there was like a common phrase that said, "Not worth a continental." That Not shit even worth a continental. ain't worth a continental, which means it's worth less than nothing. Yeah. Because that's how they felt about it. It came out in 76. It was a dollar to a dollar's worth of goods. So one dollar of continental currency right. equaled one dollar worth of goods okay. when it first came out. Right. Within three years, you needed $40 of continental currency for $1 of goods. Wow, it's really going down. It sank. I just don't understand how that happens. This, that's a whole It's other... because they didn't have anything to back it. I, I Everyone said it was useless. It's you. all about trust in the paper. If you I, don't trust the paper, it becomes useless. I hear you. I, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other issue. I just don't get how that happens. This will be relevant. So it is a fun journey for okay. us to go on. Yeah, $40, 40 paper things mm -hmm. for $1 worth of stuff. It keeps depreciating. That's within three years. And it yeah. just keeps getting worse and worse. All the soldiers who fought in the Revolutionary War were paid in... CC. They were paid in CC. Monopoly money. So now that the war is over, the war is over. Yeah. They've won. And Their they have destitute, broken, hurt soldiers all over the place. Veterans all over the place. As is the beginning of our current traditions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they had this money that was worthless that no one accepted. That's all they had. Yeah. So they're everywhere. So Dexter is in his very nice house with his very nice business. Somehow he souped the whole war thing. None of his accounts even mention if he fought, if he, any of that. He just didn't. He held his leather shop. Yeah. He was rich, so that's probably all it was. That's probably, yeah. Rich enough, anyway. I don't need to do that. Uh, so he saw that his neighbors, Hancock and Russell, were like, uh, had some soldiers around. They're like, we'll buy your CC and we'll give you real money for it because we're rich and we wish to boost public confidence. So some of the people in his societal groups right. were doing some good acts, like good charity. deeds some charity yeah and dexter was like um well i'm your peer right like he's like what are the rules okay that is the rule right we take care of them and so he literally takes every penny both he and his frugal wife have in savings oh my god pulls it all out gets every soldier he can and buys literally tons boatloads and boatloads of this worthless cc 
That's insane. Spends all his savings on it. They spent, wow. So he's just got like houses full of this money. Yeah. That's worthless. Right. And, uh. I already know what's going to happen, I think. Oh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to become worth something and he's going to have most of it. And then he's going to be crazy rich. So in the 1790s, what? so he's penniless for about 76, 79, about 10 years. Oh, wow. They're still working hard, doing their businesses, both of them, yeah. keeping their money afloat. They lost all their savings, so they're still working. Yeah, he, well, lost it. He spent it. <laughs> he spent it. It's gone for a and reason. And they're just, you know, getting by. He's having, I think he had another two kids with his wife during this time, a daughter and a son. Wow. We're not going to go That's too like into them. That's six kids total, though. Yeah. Uh, 1790s, the Constitution is officially ratified. So just to clarify, the Constitution was not ratified until well after we became a country. Okay, so Declaration of Independence is in the beginning. Uh-huh. Constitution's at the end. Well after the end. Okay. Like, Washington had been president for a while. Okay. And then they ratify the Constitution. Okay, that makes some more sense. Uh, one of the items that happened during this ratification is continental currency can yeah. now be traded in for treasury bonds. But only at one percent of the value. Wow! So they're pennies. because they're worth they're worth a fraction of one percent. They're worth like way way below like point oh 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 something something. Right, but he, they said you can turn them in and get pennies on the dollar for yes. Them. And Dexter overnight becomes astronomically wealthy. Oh my god! Like Jeff Bezos wealthy. That's insane. Just overnight. Just because he had all these. Yes. And he didn't get rid of them. Yes. I'll be worth something someday. And babe. 10 years. 10 years went by. That's so long to be broke. Yeah. And to hold on to it. Yeah. He didn't just burn it or something. Yeah. Like you would think, get rid of it. Bad investment. He's like, no, we need it. They, they said it would be good one day. Yeah. That's insane. And he becomes astronomically wealthy and he's like, finally, my peers will accept me. Yeah. I am no longer just equally wealthy. I'm not just an and idiot poor anymore. born, yeah. uneducated, but now I am wealthier than everybody I know. So surely they'll accept me. And he's like, Hooray, I have achieved my life goal. But the peers continue to say that he has crude rhetoric, which means he's like, Oh fuck around and shit, instead of being like, Oh, pish posh. Pish posh. <laughs> I assume Good afternoon. Bye George. <laughs> yeah. Bye, George. Um, a distasteful nature. I assume he's farting in public with his, like, Mozart and Amadeus, the movie. Oh, yeah. I imagine he's like that, and people are just like, "What? who is this child? So and rude. Yeah, yeah, just immature, stupid jokes. And he has an inability to keep his mouth shut. Again, autistic or no, what do you think? I. It does <laughs> sound like he's pretty autistic. It could be. It, but it also sounds like he's just a blue-collar man. In a white collar world, yeah, he just doesn't get it. It doesn't click for him. So, but it, I'm, it sounds like he's autistic. I, it's a theory. It's merely a theory. Yeah, because fits, he is trying so hard. He's learning shit. He's like, how can I fit in? This is what I do to fit in. And yet, yeah. everyone's like, you don't belong. There's something off, off. and There's that is off. autism trouble. Yeah, it sounds like he should. They should be wanting to be his friends. They do not. <laughs> yeah, they could care less about could, this guy. Yeah, they're like, we have enough money to tell you to fuck Dexter. off. And he's like, but I have more money than everyone combined. And they're like, fuck you. 
Yeah, he needs to buy you their businesses. Ex Become everyone's boss. Servant. That's how you get them to like you. Well, you know, I it comes down to that hierarchy thing, yes, which true, yeah. autistic people don't have he a sense of hierarchy. Yeah. And so he's just like, why won't they accept me? And as you've explained many times, the hierarchy is like, you can't disrupt it or people get angry. Yeah. Because there is a clear, I don't get you it. You have to get, you have to climb the ladder fair and square to earn respect. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, then you're disrupting people. Or if you come in out of nowhere and you, you know, jump in front of people, then the people below you are going to be really upset. And the right. people above you aren't going to care because their status quo hasn't changed at all. Right. But then that doesn't account for people who have no ladder to climb. Yeah. And somehow still get up it. Yeah. That... There's no way they could have done it the right way. Yeah. Hooray, hierarchy. Okay, so he's like, man, these Boston people are never going to accept me. Damn Boston people. It's just because of the way they are here. It's time to go. So he takes his wife and all his kids and he's like, we're leaving to Newburyport, Massachusetts. It's a couple miles, 10, 20 miles north of Boston. Okay. Up on the coast. They didn't, so they didn't go that far. Uh, far for then, not far right, for now. Right. But yeah, he, he didn't go like across the country like we've seen a couple people do. Yeah. Um, or it's to just another a, country at all. It's this cute little idyllic merchant town that's outside Boston that's growing. It's got poor people and rich people rubbing elbows. It's just everybody knows everybody. Sounds like a blue-collar town. But there are really wealthy people. Yeah, it does sound right. like a blue because like, there are wealthy people in yeah. blue-collar towns. Yeah. yeah, it's a growing. It's a shipping and merchant right. town. It's like a blue-collar. it's like really cute. Not like a bunch of politicians and government stuff. So he's he doesn't like, understand any of it. Surely I'll fit in here, right? Right, right. Surely I'll fit in here. So he shows up with all his boatloads of money. Yeah. Ridiculously wealthy. Just put it right there. And he's like, okay, I got to go shopping. I'm going to buy a fleet of shipping vessels, which uh, he does. Yeah. A whole stable with cream-colored horses only. Cre I want cream-colored horses. <laughs> we have white horses, sir. No, I want cream. We've got off-white. Is that close enough? I want cream. We can I paint wanted, the horse. <laughs> I wanted cream horses since I was a child. Okay, this horse is definitely not painted. It is exactly... I was promised a cream horse. I have the money. No one loves me. I want cream horses. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll Am ship I them in. Am I getting the cream horses or not? We'll ship them in from uh, India. No, I want... <laughs> no, I want cream horses. They're Arabian horses. I don't want Arabian... I want cream horses. They're not from cream. <laughs> I just... I'm not hearing that I'm getting cream horses from you. They're definitely not painted cream horses. Here we go. Are they cream horses? They are not painted cream horses. I want to hear they are cream they horses. They appear to be cream horses. Yes. I want cream <laughs> horses. He got a lavish coach. All you have to say is I want <laughs> you're getting cream Never. horses. <laughs> Break the rules, Fred. <laughs> it's improv. Here are some cream horses. Thank you. They're not really. Thank you. They're what was painted. that? Nothing. They're cream horses, right? They're yes. cream horses, right? <laughs> he bought a lavish coach with his initials on the side. Like he's a British uh, aristocracy. Oh, yeah. You know, with the fancy initials. Bow to me. He built a, quote, princely chateau. So like a mansion overlooking the coast. 
on one of the cliffs up there. He just got fuck around money. And he got, yeah, the most expensive furnishings he could possibly get. It oh was never God. just like what was right for the room. It was what can I pay the most for yeah. this room, for just the whole flexing, house. Just flexing on people. Including, quote, tasteful and commodious outhouses. So even as outhouses were like the best money could buy oh my god what is it like and this is like again a blue collar town okay what (laughs) is yeah he's trying to go fit in (laughs) what is yeah he's really getting off to a good start you know what blue collar hardworking people love is some rich asshole to come in (laughs) and just spend ridiculous amounts of money instead of giving helping anyone out um what is a lavish outhouse back then like what does it look like every time i think of an outhouse i just think of shrek yeah, that's the only one that we are ever exposed to. Right. So what is it? I know, like, castles I mean, it can be whatever day, you want. Castles back in the day had, like, they were upper-level outhouses, and mm-hmm. then, like, you know, the waste would fall into the moat or into, like, down where the peasants were, and then they would clean it up. I imagine, because I don't know, but I imagine yeah. they were, like, marble Right. And then had like a little counter for your books or whatever you wanted to bring a little heater, a little stone cold fireplace. Yeah, it's got a fireplace. You know, it's got velvet seats. It's got a pit that's twice as deep so it doesn't splash you. (laughs) Yeah. Tasteful and commodious. Toilet paper, not just a sponge on a stick. It's got a little cushion. Yeah. No one pays attention to how dirty it gets because it's the 1700s. Okay, he's not done course not after he got all that yeah you're getting a sense of dexter yeah he's, getting a sense of dexter it's really trying to make sure people like him he wants to be accepted so bad he hired artists because he wanted a bunch of massive carved wooden statues just placed throughout his lands he bought just put them wherever. he had 40 of them oh my god just put them wherever they were placed on these 15-foot-tall columns oh my that God. were put in rows throughout his property. That is so... That's like... <laughs> it couldn't just be like a cute garden decor. If he had 40 carved statues, it'd be kind of like fun, like Disney World. Find little golden statues. I and have... You just, oh, huh? go ahead. And you just go around, and you're like, I found one, I found one. But if they're all 15 feet in the air... Oh, my God. He's making all the wrong decisions. I have a picture of what oh, his really? house looked like. It's a, a sketch rendition of all the statues. So if you want to see it, check out our X, our Twitter, or our Instagram, and I'll post it on there so you can see it. Can but I if it you want to get, yeah, okay. I've got it pulled up right now. Here you go. Oh, my God. If you have things to say, you should come back to your mic. It's No, I'll just use your mic. <laughs> welcome hi i'm right here <laughs> our faces are touching it, it's it looks worse than you imagine it's right so much worse. <laughs> you're like oh it's, it's pretty bad. So bad you see the picture and it's worse so please it just check out like check it out like see his fence is six feet tall and he's got these pillars and it looks like people like the statues are just a people they're painted painted wooden yeah, yeah. so it just looks like a bunch of people just randomly standing on these 15 <laughs> foot pillars all around the house for no reason for no yeah it's just all over the place it's ridiculous so along with all the other statues there were three statues as you saw in the picture yeah right in front of his front door an arch right in front of his front door of his house yeah and and They were Washington, Adams, and Jefferson. Right there. Yeah. He, amongst the other statues, he included Native American chiefs, 
He had generals, he had politicians, and he even had the goddesses for fame and liberty. So is it is there like a reason he picked any of these? He's just picking people that he thought would be cool. Like you know what somebody would like, they would like this. And he just like there's so many statues. What is too his goal? Many statues. His, well, I thought his goal was to get people to accept him, to like him. Right. That's his outward goal. So when you tell stories, you learn that people have an outward goal and they have an inward goal. An emo- like the inner journey, their emotional need that's not being satisfied. So yeah. what does the question is, what does he want if he w- wants people to accept him? What he really wants on some level, what every. OK, all the historians <laughs> are just like he just wants attention. Right. Right. Attention any way he can. He can't get accepted. He's going to get attention. Yeah. And we'll see if we can figure out a better answer. Okay. Um, In addition to all those statues, the last statue he did was of himself. Oh. One more statue. Just one more. 39 is not enough. Himself is up there. And he had the inscription put in because they all had inscriptions below, like why they were important men. Yeah. Most of them were like modern. It was like if we put up statues of like Jeff Bezos and the Tesla, Elon Musk and people we don't care about Biden. And yeah. Yeah. But that's what it is. The people he's trying to like impress impress. Yeah. I just the separation of like how how you would think that would work. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't. That, yeah. If I got rich, I wouldn't. Be putting statues up. Other rich people. Other rich people (laughs) care less about. But he did. They did. On his own statue, he wrote the inscription, quote, I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. (laughs) But he's done no philosophy. Never even read a book. Oh, my God. Never in his life, never contributed to the field of philosophy. He probably doesn't even know what philosophy is. But he is the greatest. He's the best at it. Okay. Oh, my God. It's not true unless you make a statue of yourself on a 15-foot pillar. So, as as we discussed, his goal was to get everyone's attention. He's in a small town now, so he's like, all I can do is get the attention. And it did make all the peasants, all the bumpkins walking by would stop and stare. I would. Right? <laughs> I absolutely would. Please check out our why? social media because that house is insane. Yeah. I'd be like, Please why? come see it. I think in the picture there's people stopping <laughs> and looking at it. And it said it gave Dexter, quote, the greatest pleasure. He yeah. loved it. He was like, come stare at my Look at everyone menagerie. looking at my stuff. They yeah, love it. They're I'm like, cool. What freaking idiot lives here? Why would you do that? And he's like, oh, they love it. Look at all of them looking at it. They're just like, this is so stupid. (laughs) So Dexter's got his home set up. He's got his wife and kids installed. Installed. Situated. Now he's like down to business. Get back to work. We think they're statues. They're just people. That's why they're on 15 foot pillars. (laughs) So they can't get off. Yeah. Just installing people everywhere. It boosting the economy. I got my wife and kids up here. <laughs> I got Jefferson. I got all of them. They're just standing there. One of his kids is just like an angry goth teenager. Yeah. Just Ugh. <laughs> Dad. Shoulders hanging down, just pounding. I don't want to stand on the pillar anymore. God. I'm sick of it. But look at all the people. They love it. <laughs> it's the worst. This is the worst. 
so he announces to his peerage, his financial peerage. What is all that? All right. His peers. Oh, peerage. Within his society. Okay. Uh, that he is decided to go into international shipping, i.e. the ships we discussed earlier. And all his neighbors are like, how can we take this guy down? Yeah. <laughs> how like, do we, we get rid of tired this guy? Of this. What did he just bring? We need to get rid of him. Yeah. He's like, I have a great idea. I'm going to do some shipping. Yeah. I'm going to let everyone know. Yep. Shipping is the play They're going to love me. They're going to support me. Yeah. And so all these other guys are like, we're going to give him tips. So they're like, hey, what you need to do. Hey, listen, Dexter, Dexter, what yeah. you need to do yeah. is get a bunch of warming pants. Warming pants. Do you know what a warming pant is? No, what is that? It's is like it like heated pants? No, not pants, a pan, P A N. Oh, so oh. back then they would it's on a long poker stick and yeah. then it's a square metal like a pillow, but made out of metal. It's about the size of your hand. Right. You could put hot rocks or coals in it and then stick it under your bed and it'll warm your bed. How does that how does that help my international shipping, though? He, they said, listen, Dexter, you need to get a whole bunch of warming pans and right. ship them out to the West Indies. They're desperate for them. They want my warming pans? Absolutely. They don't have any there. Can you believe it? It's just a waiting no. market for you. The West Indies, by the way, are um, either the Caribbean or the... Hot, right? Huh? They're warm. Yeah, they tropical. don't need warming pans. Tropical, it's a year-round tropical place. Yeah, they're like, yeah, just send it there. Uh, Dexter's like, all right, yeah, you you want me to be here? I want to be that makes here. Sense. Yeah, he buys forty-two thousand warming pans. Oh my god, this dude has no chill. Loads up nine boats, sends them to the West Indies. They're gonna love it. Oh my <laughs> god, they're gonna be all so happy his... for these warming pans once they try it. There's no going back. They're going to be so excited. I think about back to our unit in the military and just like the most ridiculous guy in the unit. And everyone else is just like, <laughs> what's going to happen? <laughs> go, get, go get an APU exhaust sample. Oh, yeah. You got to dress up in your uh, full. Yeah, this limelight. <laughs> protective gear. So um, the ship captains arrive in the West Indies and they're like, no one needs warming pans here so they're like oh they have molasses and sugar plantations here wait why don't we what i'll be uh dexter again go ahead say that well dexter's not here although he was given credit in my mind he wasn't there right but no but we're gonna we're talking through mail i'll be dexter you tell me how hey uh boat captain head of sales how did the warming pants sale go? Um, well, it's hot here all the time. Yeah, I hope so. I just sent 42,000 warming pants. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't have cold weather. What do it's you mean they don't have cold weather? It's just hot all the time. What? They, it's hot all the time. There's no winter here. What do you mean there's no winter? There's winter everywhere. No. It's the, the, t- the, I don't know if you know this, there's four seasons. Not here. W- what does that mean? Uh, they have got a lot of sugar and molasses plantations and a lot of heat, and that's it. So, did you sell any warming pans yet? Yes. We you sold did. every single one. Wow. You're welcome. You what? 
I need to give this guy a rate. <laughs> yeah, you do. You fucking do. Do you want to hear how I sold every single one? I do. Um, we told them that they were ladles for their syrup. Ladle? No, they're warming pans. They're ladles. They are now ladles. Captain, You're welcome. Captain. No. Timothy. Uh, <laughs> Timothy? That's your name. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Captain. I. We need them to... They wanted our ladles so bad that we marked up the price by 79%, and we are coming back with like a triple profit. You're welcome. Um, I'm I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm just Why disappointed. Just disappointed because everyone's gonna think that I failed. Do you think that bothers this guy? I don't know. I'm just trying to. Let's get into just it. Just content. Let's, Let's get it. into so it. They sold these, so they were like, you know, boat captain needs a raise. This is Caribbean. Yes. Sold all these things as ladles. Yes. And made three times as much as they so thought then they would. His peerage was like, hey, Dexter, you need to, you know, they don't have any woolen mittens in the West Indies. Uh, again, the Caribbean. Oh, my God. Did he fall for it? He did. Oh, my God. Um. No, I think this was the East Indies. He sent them out, and the merchants were going to Siberia when they got there. So the captain sold it to all the merchants to move to resell in Siberia. Who is this sold guy? Them all. Who is this boat So they're like, we're going to get guy. this Dexter guy. We're going to get him. Yeah. Because it comes back with profit again. They're yeah. like, God. All right. You know, in Newcastle, which is in England, I believe it's in Wales, it's a famous place for coal mines. Okay. Like one of the huge. So they're going to try to make him sell coal. They're like, they don't have any coal. You need to send coal to why Newcastle is, to sell it. Why is he listening to them? So he does. He sends up oh a bunch of coal God. on ships to Newcastle. You and know, the day he shows up, the miners are on strike and they have no coal. Oh, and my he sells all God. his coal at a markup. Oh, my God. <laughs> He marked up the price. Can you imagine how upset all these people trying to screw him over are? Like, we're going to make him go sell hot pans in the Caribbean. Ha ha, we got it. As him. we continue we through him. this, this is where historians Jeez. differ. Historians are like, he's the biggest idiot we've ever had, or he's the smartest businessman we've it's ever like had. It's like Jack Sparrow. We're going to keep going. Yeah, <laughs> this is the rich Jack Sparrow. Like, does he have a plan? Is His he hometown. This, or is he just coming Nobody up with knows. it as he goes? Do you know the story of Hamlet? It's no. my favorite Shakespeare story. I don't. I'll just give you, like, the reason it's my favorite Shakespeare story is because even today we don't know. Is Hamlet crazy or is he a genius? Yeah. Because he plays crazy the whole time. But, but works. everything works out. Yeah. And it's that kind of story. Is Dexter brilliant? Or the biggest idiot you've ever heard of. It sounds like this boat With the captain, most luck. Whoever's in charge of the sales is ah. a huge part because right? he sold for two out of three, right? The the coal one to me is pure luck. The fact that they got there and they were on strike and people needed coal like crazy. But selling these bedpans as ladles yeah. was like quick thinking. That yep. was like on your toes thinking. Right. And then selling all these gloves and mittens and stuff to people about to sail out to the cold great like oh my god because they don't have any mittens there because it's a fucking tropics last minute thinking Mm -hmm. another clutch save so it's like but the coals thing that's luck that's pure luck pure luck 
but that so he guy d- is, it, that is not business acumen. That no, is luck. That That's is what just that is. Perfect timing. But then they have a stray cat problem in Dexter's hometown. Stray cat problem. Yes, and the town hall has a vote. Do we kill all the stray cats? It is such a problem. The vote fails at 50-50. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're kitties. Yeah. They're little kitty cats. It is 50-50, which I think would hold today. Yeah. I'd be voting not to kill the cats, just neuter them all. Right. But, well, they didn't have that back then. Well, yeah. Uh, the next day after the vote, Dexter put an ad in the paper saying, if you have can catch a stray cat, I will pay you money for it. Oh and so he God. gathers as many stray cats as he oh can. Oh my God! From what his does he own do hometown, he sends them to sell to the Caribbean. <laughs> he sells them to plantation owners who have the massive warehouses, who, who probably need cats, right. for their mouse problem. Or and they whatever. buy them all. All the cats are I sold. I will take all one hundred thousand of your stray cats. Cats love being around other cats. This is a great idea. Oh yeah. This what a what a day idea. at his house at that point. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just getting more you know and more his, cats. Where are they going? Yeah, you know his wife is just like, Oh my god, what is he doing now? Oh, we're gonna get into the What is he doing thing. now? We're doing business right now and then we'll get why, into the <laughs> Why are there so many ha- cats in our house, babe? Well they said they have a stray cat problem. I got a plan. You yeah. don't have a plan. I bought a bunch of cats. You can't rely on luck forever, Dexter. You sell the cats, babe. I'm going to sell them. To who? Who's going to buy cats? I don't know. Someone (laughs) who needs cats. Who needs cats? It's like the ultimate. You have so much money that risk doesn't matter. Yeah. But it keeps paying off. That's what it is. He's making more money. He's making more money. (laughs) Just taking Um, risks. He shipped gloves to the South Sea Islands. uh, Like over by Indonesia and shit. Okay. Uh, And then a bunch of merchants going up to China bought them. Like he he could he sent a bunch of Bibles to the East Indies. Yeah, I think it was like forty fifty thousand Bibles. Oh my gosh! To the East Indies. Yeah. Where no one was Christian, and then he sent out uh, or his captain, this unnamed brilliant captain. Yeah. I don't know if this was Dexter's idea or the captain's idea or both of them. Right. But when they got there, they sent out a message to all the people who lived there. And said, you're going to hell. But if you want to be saved, we've got some books. You can come buy one at a good deal. And they literally sold every single book. Every single Bible to all these families. You just need one a house and then your family's saved. That's all you need. Just buy the book. Your family's saved. He's living on easy mode. Like, (laughs) how is he this successful on every single one? I don't know. Okay, to be fair. I don't know if it's like they only talk about his successes and he had because it, it said in the beginning that he bought all those CCs and was broke for 10 years. And yeah. now he's making like, well, he wasn't this broke, money. but right. he was he, living like normal right. rich people. But it, it now was he's like, ridiculous. It rich. was a fail that turned into a win 10 years later. But mm-hmm. it sounds like all of these he's just getting like really lucky is or it? It, it yeah like it's it's succeeding either way uh, you know but arguably like, if no one has a market in an area and you show up with something then have you created a market and, he, and for him it creates a market every single time yeah and but, that is not an every time thing but that's my point is it that he is it 
every single time? Uh-huh. Or are they only talking about the ones that he succeeded in? Like he failed a lot. Right. But they only talk about the weird We're successes. We're not done yet, though. That's and fair. that's a lot of that's fair. successes. Just, yeah. So successes. He, bu- <laughs> he bought whale bones. He was like, I want to buy some whale bones. You know what? What else can he, I buy? What? He bought pretty much every whale bone, whale bone available on the market. To where he ran the market. He owned the whole market That's what of it is. whale bones. He's just, he's just he's doing got shit. So he, much money that he goes, I'm going to buy every single cat. And then I'll have a monopoly on cats. And then anyone who wants a cat has to pay my price. I'm right. going to buy all of the whale bones. No one's selling cats in the Caribbean. Yeah. It's like, they probably need he, them. He's just <laughs> like, I'll buy every single one. He bought 340 tons of whale bones. Um, for that is kind insane. of a visual, a ton. Oh, God, if I can remember correctly, I didn't look this up. But from my memory, a grizzly bear is about a ton. Uh, well, or a Kodiak bear I think, is about a ton. I think cows are two tons. Are they? I think so. See, it, it, it's just like, okay, we're having between three and six hundred of massive beasts worth of whale bones. It's a lot. I'm looking up a very specific question. Okay, so how many tons of whale bones did he buy? 340. 340? 340. Oh, not thousand though? No, that's it. Tons. Well, never mind then. (laughs) I looked up how much the Empire State Building weighs. What is it? It's 365 thousand <laughs> so not even close you said 340 and i went oh that's pretty close okay we're just gonna cut that out beep, boop, beep. anticlimactic anyway um whalebone i didn't whalebone is considered kind of the plastic of the 1800s the plastic of the 18 everyone's got it yeah it's no in toys it. it's in corsets it's in collar yeah, stays they're, they're all hunting these whales for the fat for right. the lamps right right and whales are huge. Well, you're right. They're small. They're you know, they're. It's like a baby is barely the size of my house. I don't I know, know what the big deal it's, is. I don't know why they think whales are so big. I mean, they're not that big. I've never even seen a big whale before. Anyway, everyone. He was like hoarding them for a while, and then hoarding them. Yeah, and then he sold them all and made a bunch of money. Who bought them? He did. He was like, I want no, whale bones. He, sell, he sold them, you said. Who bought them from him? people who made corsets, people who made collar stays, people I, so who made whips. Let me get this straight. He for bought carriages. They made them for toys. single whale bone. Yeah, he ran the market. Which was the plastic of the 1800s. Yeah. Hoarded them for a while. Controlled so the price. So just imagine uh-huh. taking all of the plastic, let's say just in the United States, taking all of the plastic. Well, why don't we just do it with oil? We're doing it anyway. And well, I'm already on this journey. <laughs> Taking all of the plastic and hoarding it. So all of the people who use plastics and everything. Mm. Taking all of it and just hoarding it for a while, not getting rid of it. Everyone's going to be like, oh my god, I need that plastic. Like, there's a giant demand. He's just creating so much demand. It's pretty smart. And then he's selling it right. to everybody because they all want it. They, There are historians that are like, he's just an idiot and didn't realize what he's doing. And then there's historians that's like, he knew exactly what he was doing. He is such a a conundrum. Nobody knows. Is he brilliant or the biggest idiot we've ever had in the past to have money, not in the present? 
I don't know. It, it could really go either way. Right? I'm like, what he's doing makes so much sense, but you would have to be, like, super confident or, like you were saying, just have so much money that you didn't care if it worked out. But, yeah, if you took all the whale bones and everyone uses whale bone for something, hoard it for a little bit, create this huge demand, and then sell it, mm-hmm. that's so smart. It is. Or he bought all of it and went, well, nobody wants it. And then just held on to it for a while. And then yeah. he was like, oh, it seems like people kind of want it. And then yeah. sold it. Yeah, it could have gone that <laughs> way, too. Yeah, I don't know which way it was. Could have been lucky. Oh, my God. That's insane. Let's talk about his home life. Let's talk about it. Um, his wife was a nag. A horse? Yes. I appreciate that. Uh, according to <laughs> him, his wife was always nagging him. Yeah. Telling him what to do. Because he just came in and took over her life. <laughs> I honestly. She was clearly in con- charge in control. Maybe doing it was her, her thing. Uh well we'll see. Maybe she's um, the brains in the operation. She was always arguing with him. And so when he had visitors to his house, of which he had many, he, he would tell them that his wife had died. What, she was not dead. Her? When they saw his wife around the house, he would be like, Oh no, that's her ghost. Oh, my God. She's (laughs) dead. No, no, that's not my wife. But, yeah, she's like, babe, thought I told you to take the trash out. Did you hear something? What's going on? Who's that? He's really doing this. Yeah, that's my dead wife. That's my dead wife. (laughs) It's her ghost. Her ghost comes around and yells at me about the trash. (laughs) She's like, I'm right here. Don't look at her. Don't look. Babe, stop telling people that I'm dead. (laughs) I'm not dead. We've talked about this so time. I hate when the ghosts do this. It's so annoying. <laughs> what a tactic. What? It, yeah. Only the truly rich, truly brilliant, oh or God. truly idiotic. Again, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just so sounds like good. a lame, That one sounds like a lame excuse. She's dead. But it worked. People believed him? What? It, he did it for a long time. Well, okay. He turned his house into like a whorehouse. He had these curtains that were previously the queen of france's curtains and they became so stained and soiled from a mixture of bodily fluids yeah (laughs) that they were smelly and nasty and his whole house over time became that oh my god Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um his kids didn't really like him his daughter everyone says his daughter was mentally kind of dumb and then married a man that beat her up and then she was really dumb, so we sent her away. And I was like, maybe she wasn't dumb. Why is everyone just assuming she... I saw no evidence. Okay. I saw a battered woman who grew up under a crazy-ass man and a really strict mom who then got beat and was just household. fucking done, yeah. right? She's um, obviously disabled. There's something wrong with her. That was the general conclusion. Maybe she's autistic, too. It is genetic. I'm saying. Yeah. Women aren't as lucky with their autism as men are. No. Uh, the son didn't like him at all. He was just kind of like, fuck off, and yeah. went off and did his thing. Uh, meanwhile, Dexter's out in his yard. He liked to repaint his statues. Yeah. That was one of his hobbies. Fresh. How? Yeah. <laughs> it means such a tall ladder to get that. Well, there. he got painters out, and he would watch them. Oh, so he's not doing it. But he would periodically tell them, you're not doing the inscription right. And he would change it on most of his statues. It's no, it always said this. And they'd be like, no, it didn't. He forgets what it said. So there's this one story where the painter was working on Thomas Jefferson's statue. And they were painting Declaration of Independence in the inscription. Yeah. 
And Dexter's like, no, no, it's no. the Constitution. Okay, if you don't know, Thomas Jefferson was part of the Declaration of Independence. He was not part of the Constitution. Okay, these are the facts. So Dexter is like, no, no, change it to the Constitution. And the painter's like, but it he says wrote the, independence. the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And Painter lifts his rifle. Painter? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dexter lifts oh. his rifle, fires at the painter, barely misses, and says, Constitution. <laughs> so it sounds like he missed on accident. The painter is like, you got it. You got it, boss. Whatever, <laughs> Whatever. you want. Hey, you he, want constitution? You got it. He was known for starting a lot of fights, but everyone also knew that he was such a terrible shot that he never hit anybody. Again, <laughs> idiot or genius. Yeah, he's either he's trying to he shoot people. Terrified people, he but he never got in court trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Idiot or genius? What is it? I oh don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Either he sucks at shooting people, and then he's like, I gotta have a cool catchphrase for when I miss. Or he's purposely missing. Oh my god. Don't know. Yeah, it could be either. Uh, he At this point, he dubbed himself a lord. Some sources say that he called himself the Earl of Chester, but I really couldn't validate that very well. But I do know that he dubbed himself Lord. So historically, this is the only ever American Lord Timothy Dexter. (laughs) Self-proclaimed Lord of America. Yeah. If the kids... Go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. The kids on the street would call him Lord. He'd give him a nickel or a quarter. Yeah, keep it up. Yeah, that's how he kept it going, right? Spread the word. If he got a grown-up, an adult, to call him Lord Timothy, he'd take him out to dinner. Hey, I love it. The bribery. <laughs> this is how it works. We're going to make this catch on one way or another. <laughs> Lord Timothy. Hey, that's a free dinner right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? He insisted that everyone on his household staff, the bodyguards, the servants, the manservant, the carriage people, yeah. all were required to call him Lord Timothy Dexter. And at this point, the guy, the, all of them are just like, oh, okay. I Whatever. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you don't Who do it, cares? he's going to shoot at you. And you're going to shoot miss, towards you. But it's frightening. Yeah. it's You never know what if he's going to hit you or not. Who is this man? Who is this man? So unhinged. <laughs> he... Uh, he was desperate, as we know. Social acceptance. Wanted to be accepted. Didn't get it, even with all this. Because he was constantly proving them wrong. People aren't going to want to be your friend. Yeah. It's like he's proven them wrong that he can do stuff, and they're like, you still don't belong here. Uh, they said he reeked a poor taste, lack of education. Poor taste. All this banana stuff. You know, it's just because he threatened them. Yeah. Because of his background. And also, he's kind of... He's kind of killing it. A, ambiguous. Yeah, and he's doing better than all of them. How insulting. Uh, So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to create my own circle of friends. Right. So he finds this guy named John P. It is a son born of a very wealthy family, but he had been outcasted from that family because he's kind of a crazy character. So he connects with him. And then, well, he sets up, John P. set up his own school after he'd been outcasted, and he favorite thing to do was to impart contradictory facts to his students on subjects of which he'd never studied that's like all he did all day was just say bananas bullshit that didn't make sense school and that's a fact you're welcome for the wisdom kid yeah write that down you're not writing it down (laughs) what did i just say the earth is flat write it down 
Right. That's why the horizon comes and goes when you go up and down because the earth is flat. Yeah. Those are two different things. We landed on the moon in 69. Write that down. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> he made friends with uh, Madam Hooper, a fortune teller, who would come over and tell the fortune in exchange for a cup of tea. Wow. So she was like his little tea time visitor. Yeah. <laughs> they just hanging out. Someone she's walks in and fortune. she's like, oh, fortune, fortune. Yeah, <laughs> you will make money. She's like, oh, my God. Did you hear what Mr. William did? The yeah, other they're day? just gossiping and shit. He's like, oh, my God, please tell me. <laughs> There's a couple of outcasts. Yeah. That don't belong. And then he he knew that most rich people in Europe would have like poets or bards to like entertain right. in their households right so he's walking in the market one day um and he grabs his grabs. own yes poet laureate a man named jonathan Plummer, aka the man who sells halibut from a wheelbarrow who's 20 years old they just kidnapped this he just guy. grabbed him and he's like you are now my poet laureate yeah. so now jonathan also lives at his big house with his ghostly alive wife that's not my wife she's dead don't <laughs> madam listen to hooper her. of the fortune tellers yeah. who loves tea and the if guy you... that doesn't know facts what the fuck is this house i don't know <laughs> don't look her in the eyes all the statues out okay imagine those statues after dark it'd be terrifying like with the moon or the starlight and you can like see all these and figures out the window his wife is a ghost He's already <laughs> setting it up as a haunted house. So, you know, uh, the poet that he got, Jonathan Plummer, he knew that in Italy, the poets there would wear crowns of mistletoe. It's like that fancy mm. crown. Yeah. And so he was like, well, we don't have mistletoe, but we got parsley. So he parsley. put a parsley crown on Jonathan and would have Jonathan follow him around and um, recite Dexter's own poetry about how amazing Dexter is. Wow. And recite it to him. <laughs> he walked around his house that's ridiculous <laughs> crazy or brilliant read me myself this is more crazy i think it is more crazy <laughs> but i love the idea of just having the craziest possible people you can find and just be like this is my circle of friends let's see how many crackheads i can fill this house with <laughs> it is it is that energy yeah, for sure yeah. he's like society won't accept me then i create my own society I will create my own society full of freaks he would stop people in the street and he'd be like, do you know about the greatest man in the East? Remember his inscription, the statue, right? Do you know about the greatest man in the East? And it didn't matter what that person said. He would proceed to tell them his life story. This that is what he did for so fun. Annoying. Someone's the just local trying to rich go guy. in yeah. for a quick carton of milk. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know? No. Well, let me tell you. Have you been saved? Yes. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> I know who that is. You see, when I was a child, oh, God, they're just hoping for a nickel. If you call him your lord, though, then you get a dinner out of it. Depending on the restaurant, it might be worth it. It might be I worth it. I love a good free dinner. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know if we could do it more than once. Oh, I feel like yeah. we do it once and be like, we can't do that. We'll just pay yeah, our own. We just go the other way. Food. Go the other way. Go the other way. Quick, <laughs> quick. He's coming. He's coming. He's going to tell us about his life again. But if he can get everyone at least once, that probably feels good for him. But anyway, he didn't have enough assurance that people adored him. Right. He was suspicious. He was like, I don't now know. Now he's paranoid. If people really like me. Yeah. So I'm going to put this to the test. 
I'm going to see if people really like me or not. Yes. So in the basement of his house, he built this massive tomb. Oh, how does that? He had a woodworker come in and build a really high quality mahogany coffin. How? And does... then for weeks, he practiced sleeping in the coffin. Oh, my God. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't do that? That makes perfect sense to me. I, I First of all, you said he was going to test people to see how much they liked him. Right. So in his basement, <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> where is this going? So he's going to fake his own death and see who shows up. Absolutely. The original, before Mark Twain did it, Yeah. Tom, T- Timothy Dexter did it. Yeah. OG right here. He is kind of an attention hoe. Nobody's the first when it comes to ideas. No. So uh, he organized a grand, expensive funeral and invited the entire community to, to come pay their funeral. respects. Yeah. While he waited underneath the floorboards and he could like peek up in the cracks and the holes Watch and see everyone. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, over 3,000 people came to his funeral. Oh my God. Yeah. They had the finest wines, the most exotic liquors. They were given eulogies. They were talking about how amazing he was. He was like, oh, my son's doing great. He's drunk enough that crying comes easy to him. Yeah. I appreciate that. Good job, son. Good job, son. Uh, my daughter, you know, as you know, she's a little iffy. <laughs> yeah. But her head's in her hands. That's good enough for me. Good for you. Hey, I love the emotion. Love the energy. Yeah. And he looks at his Good-o. wife, and his wife is just nothing. Nothing. And he's like, this motherfucking bitch. This bitch. Not one tear for me. Not one not one sad face, not I've one frowny frown. I've only been telling everyone that you're dead. <laughs> you don't even care that I'm dead? And I kind of took over and ruined your life after I married you. How Ungrateful. dare you. So he cornered his wife in the kitchen. Cornered her. Yeah, he did. In a, during the ceremony, and he starts caning her. It's just a, beating her the fuck with up with stick. this cane. Yeah, which sucks. Uh, That's a good husband right there. It's loud enough that the whole party bursts in. And finds a very alive Dexter. Beating his wife. A huge grin on his face like, the party's arrived. Hey. And he continues to go and hang out and mingle at the party. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just whacking the ghost off the crab cakes. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Let's go back. So, he's like, you know what I need to do? What does he need to do now? I need to write a book. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's just doing all his bucket list shit. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? He yeah, became he astronomically a, wealthy. He's got a stupid amount of money. So. But no love. And yeah, that's like all yeah. he's desperate for. That's true. My God. That's so true. sad. Maybe he shouldn't beat his wife and tell everyone that she's dead. What? Okay, continue. <laughs> continue. Um, so he remember, he wrote a book. But what's his education? Eighth grade. Not even eighth grade. Not even eighth grade. Like third, third grade. grade. Yeah. Third grade or so. And back then, third grade wasn't as much as third grade is now. So he had no penmanship, no grammar, but he self-publishes his own book. Hell yeah. It is titled, A Pickle for the Knowing Ones. <laughs> and <What a> stupid <laughs> title. Everyone's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, it hooks you. The you want to know what it is. <laughs> what is the pickle? Who are the knowing ones? Who are the knowing ones? I want to be a knowing it one. really reflects, is he brilliant? Yeah. Is he an idiot? Oh, my God. 
It is atrociously misspelled. I have a few like pullouts of like the actual spelling. It's hard for you and me to see because a lot of words were spelled strange back then. But just trust, it's atrociously misspelled. And in the entire, the book was only 8,000 words. So it was pretty long, but not right. like a today book. Yeah. Not one bit of punctuation. Oh, not no. one in the whole book. I mean, because of that, no I, understand, <laughs> I understand that he's uneducated. But that really makes me lean towards he's an idiot and everything just worked out. Like right. he didn't have a plan for any of this. And he noticed that when his peers, other rich people, would write books, they didn't sell them because they had the money. The, they would give their books away for free. Right. So what he did is he took his self-published books and went to the corner down the street yeah. and just handed them out. Oh, my God. Just old Lord Dexter handing out yeah. his new book. Here's my journal. <laughs> he you would sign. You get a book. You get a book. <laughs> Everyone gets a book. Every chapter was signed as though he had written a letter. He wrote his name at the end of every chapter. It's just he was flouting every rule he could. Yeah. Again, the question is, is it on purpose or not? Yeah. People were so bewildered by this book. It was so strange. It broke too many rules that they became obsessed. <laughs> they were obsessed How with it. How has he succeeded again? This book would go through eight reprints. Eight of them. Oh, my God. Eight editions of this book. Because people loved it. In That's the second ridiculous. edition, as a as a footnote, in the second edition, which was formally printed under a publisher, and the rest of them were formally printed, right. uh, he put an entire extra page in the back that was nothing but punctuation marks. He put them all in the back. Yeah, just a whole bunch of periods and slashes and yeah, dashes and yeah. question marks. And he said, uh, you know, the reader could insert them as they would into the rest of the book, quote... They may salt and pepper it as they please. <laughs> oh, my God. Just punctuate brilliant it however you want. idiot. <laughs> punctuate it however you want. I think it's brilliant. I don't care. To me, that's a work of art. Yeah. That's fucking art. But it could be. I don't it's know. It's a different book for everyone reading it. Oh, people loved it. Man, you should write a book like that. I, I, you know, like, gosh, how. It's like the you have to know the rules to break them. Yeah. But it's like he subverts that. He didn't know the rules in theory. He broke them just right. <laughs> because he he just wasn't buying into any of the social rules. No. Never and not once. And I have to respect the hell out of that, even though he's a horrible husband. And I'm yeah. not a fan of that. Yeah. And it is now 1806 and he dies. So we're nearing the end. Just before he died, he did kind of get his shit together and he split up all his money evenly amongst his family so there was like no drama after he died okay everyone got a fair share yeah uh and there wasn't really they all had money for a while after that the statues in his house 10 years after he died there was a huge it's like this famous windstorm in the yeah. area yeah knocked down all the statues right they're just sticking up way too high and uh, they were like, we're not putting them back up. So they sold them at auction. These statues cost $2,000 a piece back then. Yeah. And then when they sold them at auction after he died, they went for about 50 cents, maybe five bucks a piece. Nobody wants a statue no. of George Washington. No. He spent so much money. And the ones that didn't sell, they burned for firewood. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
so that's the story of our very first American eccentric rich dude. Eccentric is such a good word. Yep. He absolutely was. He was. In every sense. Yeah. It's a complete mystery and way too wealthy. Oh, my God. How have we never heard it's of so him lucky That happened. That happened. Was he crazy? Was he an idiot? Or was he one of the smartest men that I've ever heard about? I think that it was just dumb luck. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like. I think he had some good people working for him. That too. And when he listened to them, that things worked out in his favor. Yeah. But when he was like listening to his peers and then people working for him was like, man, you're really making my job hard. You're making me, yeah, you're really putting me <laughs> through some, the ringer here. There's some boat captain out there, like we were talking about, yeah. unnamed, that's just a brilliant, Saving brilliant his man. his ass left and right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what... So what you think is dumb luck? That's what I think so. I really do. Just because of like his writing skills and mm-hmm. his home life and little hints like that. You know, unless like I agree it's pretty co- it could go either way. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick one, I think it's that. I hear you. I'm going to be devil's advocate. Okay. Cuz I think also I really think he was pretty smart. Yeah. I think he's pretty smart because he never got in trouble like this when he didn't have the money. Yeah. He always true. did well. He managed to woo a wealthy widow. Yeah. He uh, kept his head down. He got out of indentured servitude and into his apprenticeship by 14. Yeah. Right? And then he got a business going. Then he made money. He took some crazy risks that paid off, and some of those are nothing but luck. Absolutely. But, well, not nothing, but, you know, maybe someone urged things in certain ways. But I think overall he was able to learn but he, from his, like, business mistakes. But I don't think he was able to learn how to follow social rules. Yeah. And yeah. I think eventually he just didn't want to. Yeah, he was he like, they're boring to. people anyway. Yeah, he didn't have to. And so he built his own life. So I think he's like this crazy asshole genius. <laughs> Yeah. But I don't know. He absolutely could be. And and I love the book so much. It's so poorly written. It's so I'm the best. I'm the lord of everything. Like it's it feels to me like a calm a satire of the society that he's been trying to break into his whole life and they never accepted him. Yeah. So he wrote a satirically bad book about how they talk amongst themselves for other people never to be a part of or are not allowed to be. And so he didn't want to do punctuation. Yeah. And when they were like, you have to add some, he was like, I'll put it on the end. No. Yeah. They can salt and pepper it as they please. Yeah. <laughs> what a quote. What a quote. <laughs> um, sources are in the notes as always. Uh, if you get a chance to read his, the pickle book, a pickle for the knowing ones, please let me pickle know what you think. Pickle for the knowing ones. I've only read a few passages and I could not read a whole book like that. It's way too difficult to get through with the misspellings. Um, he even spelled George Washington wrong, which is apparently one of his heroes. So it's which like, one? Which word did he spell wrong? I don't know. How do you spell that wrong? He, I don't know. He did. Must have spelled George wrong. It could have been Washington. The point is like, Again, 
Stupid? Brilliant. It's so stupid. Some people are so stupid. Yeah. It could just be pure. It is episode 13. It so could we're just doing be it on luck. luck. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're on, as I mentioned, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can message us. You can comment on our posts. Uh, let us know what you think. And thanks, as always, to the amazing Teresa Sudam. Yes. For our incredible music. She's amazing. And as usual, subscribe, rate, and review or not. You do you. Boo-boo. And if you want us to know any ridiculous stories that we haven't come up with yet, holla. Holla. Holla at your girl and boy. And we'll see you next time.